0: Like the whole of my career has been placed purely on my ego <laughs> this is jackie of all trades a podcast that explores the multi-creative identity and the rise of the portfolio career among millennials and gen z in the creative industries i'm katura a dj creative strategist ceo and self-described jackie of all trades with a 10-year portfolio career spanning music digital marketing and cultural strategy On this podcast, I speak to people who have also designed their own careers and are successfully juggling multiple creative pursuits to understand what it takes, what they've learned, and how you can do the same. This season, I'm joined by writer, content creator, podcaster, and author, Taliti. DJ, radio broadcaster, TV presenter, A&R, and music label owner, Jam Supernova. Journalist, writer, strategist, and director, Nati Kasambala. And DJ, writer, artist manager, music label owner, and cultural curator Elijah. This episode is all about Tolly T. You may know her as one third of the Receipts podcast, but she's also a super successful writer and a journalist as well. I first worked with Tolly as the social media producer for the Receipts podcast and One Extra, and from then, as Tolly tells the story, she absolutely forced me to be a friend. We're going to cover a
1: lot in this episode. Hi, it's me, Tolly Talani, depending on how you know me. I am a writer, podcaster and content creator, I guess. (laughs) Take me back to the beginning
0: of your journey, how it all began. Hobbies, interests, passions, like where did this, where did everything start for you?
1: You know what, I started really traditionally, you know, like I was the like, Went to obviously we all let like to go to secondary school. Like <laughs> primary school to secondary school, did college, I went to uni. And it from like year 10, I knew I went to be a journalist. Oh really? Do you know, I was one of those really lucky kids. Do you know how many people don't, like, I didn't know I wanted to be. I knew I went to be a journalist. So in year 10, you know you get work experience. And um there was like a bunch of work experience and it was like random stuff like. Working in in a mechanic or working in Debenhams. And no one took my experience seriously. Everyone was just like, no one wanted to go far. So one of the work experiences was to work at Sugar Magazine. It was in Marble Arch. And I grew up in Dagenham. I was in second school in Dagenham. And nobody was really trying to travel far. Everyone was just literally going to Montfort, going to Barking. And I was like, no, I want to do that. Because I I used to read Sugar Magazine and I was like, that would be sick. So I... applied for it i got it when you're an intern you don't really get to do it's a lot of like sorting things out Mm -hmm. i remember i used to like look up to the editor i thought she was sick and then one day she called me into her office and she was like we want you to write a piece for us no one on internships ever gets to write anything Mm -hmm. i was like oh my god i'd love to and then she was just like at the time paris hilton was a pop thing so she was like okay cool um we want you to spend the whole day walking a, a dog Like because pastor used to put dogs in her bag, she used to walk around with her dog, blah blah blah, and that was like my first ever thing that ever got published. Got published into, yeah, got published into Sugar Magazine, and I was just like, yeah, this is this is definitely what Mm. I want to do. Like in my head, every day was going to be like an adventure of like this, that, and the other. So that cemented it for me. Then from year ten on, I just did everything I thought you was meant to do to become a journalist, right. Do you know what I mean? So I studied like, yeah, I studied English, lit lang, media and sociology in college. At university, I did media and communications. I did a sandwich course, which means you take a year out to work. Mm -hmm. So six months in your first year and then another six months in like your third year. Um, So my degree ended up being four years. So my first year work experience at uni, I worked at a PR agency. I was like, let me just see like what this is like. Mm-hmm. right? Like, Let me just try something else, what type of agency. And I would like call journalists to be like, hey, this thing is happening. Those are back in the days where you start to call them and people will hang up on me, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't want to be the person making the calls. Mm-hmm. I want to be the person people call. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just like, yeah, I, was like, I don't want to be the person that's like, Hi, I want to be the one that's like, yeah, no, that's not for us. And that's, I was like, yeah, cool. I'll pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, definitely, definitely has to go into journalism. But, and then my second, so I left that PR for like after a week or two. I was like, yeah, no, it's not for me. I remember there was a tube strike and... Again, it was in central London and they were like, oh yeah, just get a bus down. And I was like, no. From where you live. From where I was in Essex. I was like, I'm not coming. <laughs> so after that, I just never went back. And then I got another one. This was in music. Okay. So again, even though I knew I went to be a journalist, I thought, try out different things just mm-hmm. to really figure out what it is that you wanted to do. I really wanted to be sure that I didn't miss out on anything. So I started working with... Uh, I guess a music agency I don't know what it was At the time They were looking after Getz and Devlin Okay Management Yeah massive management And um, it's funny I still know the person Now Colin Batzer Yeah and we still, we're still still Like called cool till this day Sort of thing And I wasn't even Meant to be working for him. I Meant to be working For someone else But then he just Took a liking to me So I started working for him mm. And that was when Getz was called Ghetto Right So it wasn't Getz It was Ghetto And it was Devlin I remember like Really being fond of Devlin Because we were like, We're both from Dagenham and it was like, yeah, oh my God, yeah, like getting really good stories from him. Mm. And then again, I think What I, was your role there. I was just helping. But like okay. there wasn't like there wasn't like a role. Like if there was like if they weren't meant to be somewhere, it's like, hey, you have to be here, mm. sending emails, sending CDs out to people, so and like like radio station, type. just like admin type stuff. And I remember like having to contact these guys and they would just not answer their phone calls or just not be at shows that they were meant to mm. be at, or just kind of like living their artists' lives, right? So again, my ego, I was like, yeah, I want to be the person someone calls. I feel like the whole of my career has been based purely on my ego. (laughs) It's
0: not served you badly, but yeah. Yeah, it's
1: been purely on like, yeah, no, I don't want to chase people around. Chase me. I'm the one to be chased. Yeah, I was like, chase me. Um, But I did that whole experience out, but then I realised that the music industry was not for me. Mm. Because a lot of it is like people management and I, I don't think that's a skill that I have necessarily. I'm not like a great people manager. So I was like, yeah, meh. So then my second my last work experience, I did it in a publishing place. That served me so well. So I remember I started working as a publishing assistant. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't want to do. I was like, so the publishers were downstairs and the journalists were upstairs. Right. So I was just like, I have to get, get upstairs. I have to get upstairs. I have to get upstairs. And I remember one time making a, a coffee or tea or whatever, and one of the journalists was standing next to me. She was talking. She was like, she needed a taxidermy for a front cover, and she was really stressing herself out. She couldn't find a taxi Blah blah blah. And I remember that day I stayed late and I found a taxidermy to hire. Okay, yeah. And then like I took all the details to it and I put it on her desk the next day And to be like, yeah, yeah, to be like, yeah, you know, I found this. Blah blah blah. blah. This was helpful. And. She she was so impressed by me so mm. she was like hey she like took me from the publishing team and was like she wants me to she needs an editorial assistant so i worked with her as an assistant and i did not work on like a big time like fancy magazine it's funny because the magazine was called fancy and it was a magazine for a store called julian and Grays. Okay. julian Grays, which is a store that solely sold nuts <laughs> okay. like genuinely they just sold like nuts that's, not, that's, that's all they Oh did. my God! Yeah yeah nuts. no no Literally there's not a thing I don't know about nuts um, <laughs> So that's where Yes I worked at Fancy Magazine And I was the ed assistant there And then As time went on I Remember she gave me a page That was just dedicated to me This page was just like we just wrote about nuts like the the one page was just about like we picked a, a nut every every month. I've got every illustration for a nut like amazing almonds, <laughs> magic macadamia. Like I just, just bang, I used to bang it. It's just write about nuts. I got more pages there. I was writing more things that I wanted to write about, like things I cared about and things like that. So that was like it was going well. And then like I was like I was there for like a couple of years. Eventually got made full time there. I can, I can I remember like getting told us like my pay was going to be like eighteen k a year, and I was like oh my god what yeah. I'm loaded although now thinking
0: about how the hell we live on 18k exactly
1: I was so excited getting paid 18k a year I was like yeah yeah like big girl mm. and you know I was working every day I was going in I was like having ideas and all things like that and then my editor like she said that she was going to leave and in my head I was like oh, great I'm going to get the editors I'm going to get yeah, it well, yeah I'm going to get the role of course I'm going to get the role why would I not get the role I've been there from the very beginning of this magazine mm. I know it um, I know it very well and then I remember they were like, for like three months, I was like covering it whilst they were interviewing. And I was like, why the hell are they interviewing? Like, It's my job. I'm right here. Hello? Yeah, and they just kept interviewing. I remember they interviewed this woman. She came for a couple of weeks, didn't like it, left. So I'm thinking, I was like, these are all signs to say that this job points to me, right? Mm. And I'm covering this Wait, job now. Even though they didn't ask you to interview? They not me to interview. I don't even think they even thought of me, to be fair. And I guess it was because I came into the company as an intern. Right. And I think there was something about that. I think okay. there was something as if you come somewhere as an intern, they see you on that level.
0: Mm. They
1: don't really see your growth yeah, there, yeah. or you have to be there for years and years for them to see your growth. And then I remember there was someone else that started, and then she left. And I was covering for going on a year, and I was still getting paid my eighteen k year. Mm-mm. And I was doing the editor's job, and they these were not going to give me that job. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave. That's oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave. I've made a promise to myself a while ago I was like if I ever find myself crying at a job to do with the if I'm like in a disabled toilet like crying and I'm crying because of that job I'm leaving that oh job oh gosh like and then I found myself crying because I was like what am I doing here blah blah blah, blah. and then that day I was out like out of frustration out of frustration yeah 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 so I was to like get to move up. yeah I'm gonna go There was a job role that came up and it was for a company called So Feminine, which sounds like a tampon dad, but it was like, it was a UK version of a French company Mm -hmm. and um, the role was beauty and food writer, finally got that job Mm. and I was there for about a year and a half, two years. And I remember at that job, every morning, all of us would, like, go on at, at, go to BuzzFeed and just, like, really loved. And that, that was, like, peak BuzzFeed days as well. You like, go, oh, go to, Yeah, go to BuzzFeed, the website. Because they were, like, they were doing online so well. Mm. Like, they were viral all the time. It was just, like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. We just used to go on it as, like, readers. Yeah, yeah. And get really fascinated by it and things like that. And then I remember my friend sent me, BuzzFeed I was doing internships. And I, it would just go on, I was just at 25 at the time. And I wasn't doing any more internships. I said, "I was like, no. Like, yeah. I've done my fit. I've been mm. working since I was 14. I've been interning and doing all of that yeah, since yeah. that age as well. So I was like, I'm not interning anymore. Like, if it's not a full-time job, I'm not going to do it. So mm. I didn't apply for it. And then I saw a full-time well come up. As a writer? As a writer at BuzzFeed. It was a beauty writer, but beauty and lifestyle. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to apply for this. And it genuinely was the longest process. Oh, one of the. Ever. you had to write, like, two articles, do an interview in person, an interview in the phone with someone in America, blah, 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 blah. It was just so long. And I remember, so I used to get, I used to have to get, up to get off at Oxford Street for my, my safe feminine job. And it was the same station to do my interviews at Busby Days. So all this think, God, I really hope you you know, everybody sees me at this station. Um, Yeah, so, like, I applied for that. And I remember when I got it, when I got told I got it, because I do you know normally like when you get an email I always assume I didn't get a job and I got an email because normally mm, they call you so they'd emailed me and that email was sitting in my ear I was like, I'm not opening this because I, like, I didn't get it so I'm not going to open this and I think I, met, I opened it like two weeks later and it said you've got the job and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry I was, like, I was on holiday <laughs> like I was just like I'm so sorry blah blah, blah 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 and I remember even when I told my editor at like, Say so Feminine that I was leaving and she was like she was so happy for me. Because it was like, it was yeah, everybody wanted to work yeah, at BuzzFeed yeah, yeah. in that place. Like, everybody was so gassed about it. Like, it was just like, yeah, that, that was the peak mm. of where you wanted to be at that time. And the first year there was the best job I'd ever had. Really? It was amazing. It was everything you thought BuzzFeed was. Like, free food, um, just like creative license, kind of write whatever it's that you wanted to do. Mm. And I had rankings so much more on the outside world. People that I used to email before that used to ignore me now saw my BuzzFeed signature and I was a thing Mm. and like BuzzFeed and those kind of workplaces they have a really good way of making you feel like you're part of this family right so you feel so proud to work there Mm. right you feel so proud to work there you feel like you're part of the family you see like what it gets you on the outside world what it also does is that it makes you feel like you can never go yep Because it's like, who am I if I don't have this name? Who am I if I don't have this status of being like, I work at BuzzFeed mm. and that's what my whole thing is. And I made amazing friends at BuzzFeed, friends I'm still friends with, like, till this day as well. And it just got to a point, again, I was crying in the disabled toilet. Because
0: it's, it's more space in the disabled toilet?
1: Yeah, you know, like, other oh, people won't hear you. Like, it's just, it's just an like isolated toilet, is <laughs> like, yeah, it? Yeah, 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 I was crying in the disabled toilet. And I was like, yeah, no. I'm, I'm done I here. Do yeah, and at the time I'd started the podcast whilst I was still there. Okay, I started the podcast, and I was just like, I'm not happy here anymore. Like, I'm not growing. I've done everything I can do. What was the significant thing? Like, what happened? So what happened indeed. was so again, like I was in this position for a very long time, and I remember like there was a position that came up that was like an editor, like a, a higher role, and I went to go apply for it. And I remember sitting in the meeting with like the head at the time. And then she was like, But you know, you you being like a woman, black and young. She said people we'll take you seriously <laughs> as a manager. And I was like, Yo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like, Yo. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I, told, I really regret never telling her about herself. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of was like, Well, yeah, like answer the question like it was a normal question. To stunned answer. in the moment. Yeah. yeah. And it really pisses me off mm-hmm. till this day. But I never was like, Sorry, what are yeah. you saying?
0: So you left Buzzfeed. What did you do? Like contact?
1: Like what was your plan? Like what did you left Buzzfeed to? and then just reached out to everywhere. Like hey, okay. I'm like available for yeah, work. Yeah, and blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. Again, the the, um, the podcast was going on this, at this point. But even that, how did you find that? Because we've already established you don't want to be the person who calls people like exactly. I need you. But so, that's just but, where I was. Okay, it's just where you I just was. It up. And thankfully, I'd like had a bit of a following on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And like the Buzzfeed name doesn't. It helps of to course. say you worked at right? Course, course, yeah. Course. Um, so, but this time I was still applying for full-time jobs. So you wanted to? I okay. was still applying. And to, like, you still, your aspiration was
0: still to be an editor?
1: My ins- yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm still going to get a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think I was going to be like, oh, I'm just, just going to leave yeah, and not yeah, yeah. And just be a freelancer. And like, I was like, no, I was still, I was applying for every job. So then I remember there was like a freelance gig. I think someone tweeted it. It was for a marketing company and it was, they just needed a creative Right, They didn't say what it was, they needed a creative That was that term, like, yeah, that time yeah, it went yeah. creative needed just a creative meant, to yeah. do something So I was just like, cool, I just applied for it I, I And luckily the guy just liked me This guy called James, who's still very cool to this day And he just like He, he got me to come in And at the top, the creative, which I didn't realise what the job was going to be for Was for a creative For a marketing campaign for the Met Police And I remember being in a meeting once And I was just like What am I doing, like, what yeah. are you actually doing but you just start eating up it. I was mm, like you course. need to make money like, like and also I, I remember because when I first got that job um, the man um, James had asked me he was like what's your daily rate I'm new to freelancing mm. so I'm like okay if I got paid £50 in journalism let me say £150 because I thought, I thought I was being so cheeky I was like £150 I remember he caught me to the side he was like that's not enough <laughs> Bless him. Yeah, yeah, which is so he nice, because like, you could have just wrinkled me. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would yeah. thought I was raking it. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, 150. He was like, here's what you need to charge. So he told me what to charge. And I think it was like, he doubled it to like 300. And it was like, mm. that's nothing. Mm. But I'm thinking, like, I didn't realize marketing and journalism money are completely different. Right. So, yeah, so I did that for like a good couple of months. The campaign kind of didn't go. And the campaign was finished and my time as a freelancer it was like, you know, as a freelancer, mm. once they're done with you, they're kind of like, yeah. yeah, okay, cool, thank you very much. And then I remember he was just like, before I was going, he was like, do you watch Top Boy? Did you ever watch Top Boy when it was out? I was like, yeah, I was like, I love that show. That was sick, blah, 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 blah. He was like, well, we're pitching for it. He was like, would you, would you be interested? I was like, like absolutely, would yeah, I would yeah, definitely yeah. be interested. So then that kept me on the agency a mm. bit longer and we're doing the whole like pitching for it and things like that obviously we really wanted it, but then it was top where we knew like, it was like, it's going to be competitive, be, like, competitive yeah. for this. And I remember I've got this big thing where I don't work on my birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> Just think. And I remember the day we had to pitch for it was my birthday. And I was like, I'm coming in, don't you worry. Know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. So I'd come in like, pitched for it and it, I fought for my life at that pitch. Like, mm. I just kind of like that charisma and all of that and we they got it. The, like, we, we got it, which was sick. Like, we got a part of it and that was like, okay, cool. So that kind of like cemented me now as a creative because I'm working on this like big mm. campaign and it was interesting because it was like, To come up with ideas, but not have to be like the face of anything. not have to do anything or write anything. You was just like, I was just the face of it. But then obviously my writing skills came to help because then we did like a mini film that kind of went out Mm. before... And I
0: wrote it. Where did the Where did this film first appear? Well,
1: the first appeared at um, Drake's concert. Right. Yeah, Yeah, Drake's concert. And I, I love Drake. Like I'm absolutely. So that was like an icing on the cake for Mm. me. And that it was such a big moment for me, just to be able to like be a thing in this space. Mm. So I love podcasts. Like, generally, I think it's, and I think because it, it rives the line of, like, storytelling. Storytelling is always a, okay. a thing for me. And I think it just rives that line really, really well. And I was obsessed with a podcast called Serial. Yes. I absolutely. That got me into podcasting. Yeah, Yeah, that's what got me into podcasting. And I thought it was so sick how, like, I felt like it was they were in my mm-hmm. head. I, a tweet, I was just like, I've got a podcast name. I just need girls. Because I didn't want to do it with my friends why because i think storytelling is capped when you're talking to your friends because for a lot of the experiences they were there for it yeah 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 so yeah loads of girls replied to it and i like dm'd a bunch of the girls like yo i'm actually serious like send me your emails Mm. yeah i was like yo okay give me your number i started a group chat and i was like okay let's all meet up Mm. at this point there was like five people that were like left and interested Do you have like like,
0: a like a fully formed idea for like
1: how many people you wanted to you wanted to be not involved like how frequently it was generally go not out. at okay. all like I didn't have a plan nothing I just thought let's just see if it's something that mm. can be done and um, we all met up and like we were chatting for absolutely ages what was meant to be like a quick little meet up we were just chatting there for ages and the group chat was popping we talked every day mm. and again it was just the whole thing of like not knowing people and then telling them like this happened to me and I'm this person and blah blah blah, yeah, blah, blah yeah. and having to like be curious not only about them but about yourself mm. and I think often when you're with people that you know you're not that curious anymore because yeah. you know, I know you yeah yeah, yeah yeah do you know what I mean like I feel yeah. like I know you so the curiosity dies a little bit so there's just like this really fresh sense of curiosity from everybody
0: but you're just feeling people out in terms
1: of who you want to do this with or at that point just, it was five people <clears> I was like oh fine we'll, we'll do five people right and then someone had like dropped out because she was um, was a musician and went to concentrate more on mm-hmm. her music so it was absolutely fine and then we did four so there was four of us for about two years two and a half years mm-hmm. and then um, Phoebe was just like I think the bigger we got she just realised it wasn't for her right yeah like she's not a natural sharer mm, okay and I just think the bigger it got it just kind of just felt mm-hmm. like like this is a lot because for, for the longest time we didn't have our faces anywhere audio only like, we didn't have... None of us really had, like, a massive following on, like, Instagram or mm. anything. People had to, like, go out of their way to look for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, And all this time, I'm still, like, finger on the pulse of podcasting. What's mm. happening? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. We weren't making any money. In fact, we were paying for all our recording studio- um, sessions. But again, I, I work in media, right? So I'm, like, getting it into magazines. Mm. I'm, like, you know, like BuzzFeed put Just, it like, out there. I'm, I'm talking, I'm asking you know. favours. I'm, like, yeah, I do this thing. Like, people are, mm. like... Spreading the word a bit, which is like really helpful. Anything that we can get, I'm, I'm trying to get it. I'm just trying to be like. I
0: haven't used to make money necessarily yet, but you know, you just want. I just, just wanted it to the... be. I
1: didn't. I didn't know how it made money. Right. Like, Because at the point, I don't think anyone knew how podcasting mm. made money. There was still kind of this thing. Yeah. 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 So I had no idea how we, I don't. And none of us knew how we were going to make money at the time. We were just like, we'll do live shows, mm. and then. um we got, we started getting approached by loads of people, right? That, that's the thing, right? If you do a good enough job, people will come to you. So, and we were lucky that we came at a stage where there wasn't many people. Mm. I feel like timing was yeah. so, I yeah, think yeah. we got the combination of a job well done, timing and luck.
0: Mm. It was
1: just very good timing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. We just filled a spot that was missing so we're having people like we're having bands and, like get in touch with us do you want to do this do you want to do this blah 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 and then we started doing the BBC with mm-hmm. you and yeah, yeah so, so we did, the B- did like a couple of episodes for the BBC I think like two seasons or something mm-hmm. and it was great like again like it was a way we were making money yes, for the podcast so paid, we, Yeah, yes, we had them getting paid for the podcast um, but just because of how the BBC is it was quite BBC is taxpayers money but mm. it has to do do things according to what taxpayers yeah, want, right? So I find it quite stifling, should I say? I think, yeah. um, there were some of edits that had to be done. And that's why we were, even when we we're doing the BBC, we were, still, like, we we're still doing ours. Mm. Yeah, so the BBC thing was like, we were doing that. It was fine. It was like a great opportunity. And it was great because I like, got to meet you, got to meet Renee. And Renee has been, I'd always give a shout out to that woman because from the very beginning of the podcast, she reached out to us and to be like, hey, let's just chat about mm. things that we can, I can help you with in this space. Because she was of the audio space. She was the one that gave us the idea of having a receipts. receipts mm. So she just kind of like helped us out for free, like just free advice. Here's this mm. thing that you can do, like go with it. So we're really big on anytime we get an opportunity and we're always... Want to hire black women? Mm-hmm. That's always been like a thing for us. To be like, oh, there's this gig. Okay, cool. Can we get this person to work on it? Yeah. That's just always been yeah, like, yeah. if we have the opportunity to hire, we'll always try to do that. And so then I remember someone had got again. I was following like loads of podcasts and people, and I'd seen that someone had got a new job at Spotify. Mm. And it was like a podcast job. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And before that, there's loads of news about like Joe Budden signing Spotify. Mm. There was just like, I was like, okay, cool. These lot are not doing anything. But there wasn't anything in the UK that yeah. had been announced, that had been said or anything like that. So then I remember going in, like DMing her, being like, congratulations in new Well, like, I do this podcast. And then she was like, yeah, sure, cool. I remember the first meeting, Renee actually came with me and we were just like chatting about mm. other things or whatever, whatever. And then I was just like, oh, it's interesting like what you guys are doing with the whole like, you know, like exclusives, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. And then she was like, would you guys be interested? I was like, yeah. And then that's how that kind of came about. We did Sick. like meetings yeah. and just like went back and forth, blah, 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 blah. And it just, yeah, it just made sense. Mm. And because there was so much more just by virtue of what Spotify is, we can say whatever the hell we want. Like genuinely, there's not a single thing mm. we've ever been like, oh, careful, like ever. They're just more like, it's like a caller space. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's an independent company. It's not like taxpayers' company. Yeah, they don't have yeah. to have anything. It's the same space that hosts Joe, Joe Rogan. They can't tell us to not of say course. something. And yeah, when yeah, someone like that is on it as well. And not that we don't say anything wild, but there is some, that's one thing I'm always so precious about, mm. what we can say. Yeah. If I'm ever in a space where I feel like we can't say, I don't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. need to be able to Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, well, there's no point then if we have to be so careful about what we can say and all of that. So, yeah, that's how the Spotify, and which was great because it was like, we're now getting paid.
0: I love how Tolly tried a hand at so many different things. And I think this is super key to figuring out the mix of your portfolio career. The next episode will include all of our guests and we'll talk about the role of technology and the internet, their career-defining moments, what connects the dots between their pursuits and the implications when one of your creative pursuits makes more or less money than the others. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Give us a follow on socials too, we're at J-O-A-T Podcast UK on Instagram and TikTok, there's loads more content there and you can also watch these episodes on YouTube as well.